from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 238, Force Choking with Baby Yoda. I'm your host, Ryan, and welcome back, everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, we are going to be talking about a whole lot of Star Wars tonight, uh, and when I say we, I know it just sounds like me right now, but I actually have a couple guests here with me. Uh, first off, what Star Wars movie episode, and really now TV episode, would be complete without having our good uh, 501st member, Mr. Eric Grubb. Eric, welcome back. Yeah, this is like the third episode for me in like five, in the last five or something like that. So yeah, you've been on quite a back bit. Back again. Woo! Right. I think what we're going to do is we're just like, instead of me keep adding hosts, I'm just going to do like a Jedi Council or a Juggler's Council, like combine the Star Wars and G.I. Joe together. No, 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 no. What you need is like the mask intro with the, you know, uh, select the... The uh, agent's best suit for this mission. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but in we're my case like the biker scout helmet would come down. There you go. Exactly, and that's actually perfect for mask. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. Um, and uh, we still have one more person to introduce. Uh, so one of the things uh, before I introduce him, one of the things I, I'm looking to do this year, I kept debating on what am I going to do. This is our tenth year doing the show, uh, and I wanted to do something. something good for the 10th year. Uh, And I kept racking my brain. I was like, I want to do a special episode. And finally, when I let go of the idea of doing a special episode, I came up with an idea because I've had a lot of people over the years ask if they can come on and do various episodes. And whenever we can, we absolutely try to do that. Um, And uh, what I've decided to do this year is that I'm going to have whenever possible, we're going to have a a listener join us for episodes. Uh, And I'm going to give the details near the end of the episode as to how you can have that happen. Uh, But where the idea kind of came for from this was uh, our guest today, uh, Mr. Anthony Houseel. Thank you for joining us. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So you had reached out to me and just kind of we were talking about you weren't even asking to come on the show. You were just talking to me about Rise of Skywalker and it, like you had, I think I posted something and you commented and said uh, I'll give you my thoughts later. I think you were posting that you were going to see it or something like that. Yeah, I was actually sitting in the theater before the, you know, the message comes up on the screen to, you know, hide your phone, you know, and and wanted to check in saying I was there to to watch it and yeah, you followed up uh, asking what I thought of it and I, you know, said I'd give you a a shot back the next morning and after I had some time to sleep on it and think it over, sent you a message and yep. here we are tonight now. Yeah, we kind of went back and forth a bit, and I was like, "Hey, would you want to come on the show and talk about it with us?" <laughs> it was like, and I don't think you were necessarily expecting that. You certainly weren't asking for that, but you, you, no, I don't think you were even expecting it. It was like, "Sure, what do I have to do?" <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's awesome to have you on. Uh, it's nice to finally put a voice uh, with a name because that, I mean, you guys, you hear me all the time, but I don't get to hear you guys. So now I. Now when I communicate with you, I'll have your voice in my head, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But uh, <laughs> um, So uh, before we get into talking, uh, we're going to be talking about Mandalorian, uh, wrapping that up, and we're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker. Before we do that, um, Anthony, I wanted to get an idea. Like We were talking a little bit before the show started. Uh, when was Roughly, when was it that you first started listening to Star Joes? So... I have been a comic geek speak fan forever, it seems like. And I remember hearing at one point you had advertisements on the show, right? Didn't you yeah. have a, a, didn't they? Yeah. And it was like you and Chuck going back and forth. Um, and so I jumped in on it because, you know, I was born in 81 to put a perspective of where I am. So I feel like I, I grew up in that like ripe spot to appreciate everything from the 80s and the early 90s. So, when you guys talked about what you were looking to do, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm a huge podcast guy. I gotta listen to this stuff. So I jumped in and, and I believe it was like episode five or six, probably six, okay. um, where I was current and then tried to get back, you know, as early as I could in the beginning. And I've been with you guys through it all, you know, yeah. through the, uh, you know, the heavy year, you know, the heavy months where you dump a lot on there and then the, <laughs> The lean months where, you know, we would hope for something. Yeah, after like two months finally putting out an episode, like, are they coming back? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and I'm, I'm trying to get uh, more consistent when it comes to that stuff and put out as much material as possible. One of the things I'm hoping to get back to doing this year is also doing some of the video reviews. Probably won't be very consistent with those, but I, I do want to get back to doing some of the YouTube stuff because uh, I did enjoy doing that. Um, but yeah, you're, I mean, yours is a name I've interacted with for a very long time so uh i was actually very happy that we could have you on and join us for this so um so i'm going to actually start off with you since you are the guest uh how were your holidays like how how have things been the last month or so busy i have uh to put things in perspective i'm married i have four kids i have kids aging in ranges from uh college to diapers Okay. So, wow. yeah, yeah, it's it's busy. So the December generally is pretty busy to start off. My birthday is the beginning of the month. So it works out in my favor because everyone has to give me a gift at the beginning of the month and still has to give me a gift at Christmas time. So <laughs> December is pretty big in the, uh, the, the month of Anthony. So sure. 
Um, it was great. It was a it was a busy month. Uh, you know, a lot of cool things, a lot of gifts given out uh, in terms of uh, geeky, epic kind of presents. I did get Castle Grayskull, nice. the Mega Construct set. I got that for my birthday. That took uh, that took the course of several nights of uh, of getting that built out. Uh, as a present time, I own every Mega Constructs related thing except for the San Diego Comic Con Battle Bone set. Nice. So that's awesome. I'll uh, be on the hunt for that. Um, and I know that they just started dropping um, some Walmart. I think Walmart got the Mega Construct stuff back, so we'll be seeing some some more Motu related stuff in the uh, the upcoming year here. So. Nice. Uh, do, do, do. What yeah, else? I'm in, I'm in what the middle else? of that, of that build myself. Is the I got Castle Grace going? Mega Constructs is. Uh, so it's it's oh, like Mattel's version of yeah, it's it's Mattel's version of of Lego. I think Mega Constructs was Mega Blocks, and then yeah. I think Mattel bought them, or maybe they might even been affiliated with them from the onset. But uh, they rebranded, and then they have all the Halo, uh, Call of Duty, and yeah. They're they're always um, like in like the that. aisle with the uh, I know okay I know what these are I've seen the yeah. hammer ones for years yeah so the the Castle Gray Skull is is crazy it's the biggest build I think I've done yeah uh, I, I but I've also built Voltron so okay um so yeah I'm you know my wife is uh, is awesome she takes care of me when it comes to uh, nice. to the building block stuff I always make sure it's either you know the uh, Big Bang Theory apartment or the the Ecto one or you know I always always end up with some sort of crazy uh, build project but nice. um, that was that was the big thing for my birthday and then for Christmas I got on a 3D resin printer so oh, nice I've been having I've been having quite the ball trying to figure it out and then start printing stuff and. Um, you know, and then, now all the sanding involved with that stuff. You know what? The resin is not is not really that bad. Um, you have whatever support structures you have for it, and then you have to clean them up. So as you get better and you learn how to angle and adjust them in certain ways, you can try to reduce the amount of supports and and less sanding. So um, it was cool. The the printer that it came uh, that I got it came with some test prints, and one of them was a. Uh, a stormtrooper skull, which half the the of uh, the helmet was busted out, and there's just a skull inside of it. I'll uh, I'll send you some pictures, Ryan, after it's all after nice. the episode. You could take a peek at. It. But yeah, yeah, it's uh it's really cool. I managed to hollow the inside of it out, and uh, hands on a stormtrooper, I'll be able to just sit it right on top of it and have them just kind of laying down somewhere in a diorama. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm in the middle. Like I said, I'm in the middle of the uh, Castle Gray skull right now, and I will say out of I've built a lot of Lego sets, not a lot of the Mega Blocks. I will say it's the most complicated or challenging, I should say. It's not really complicated. It's just challenging set. Uh, it, I'm able to follow the instructions just fine. I've had some issues with, like, a piece that wasn't in one bag, but then it showed up in a different bag. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Yeah, I, I ended up being short one piece, but extra, like, 100 pieces. Okay. It just makes no sense. <laughs> right. And... and the the towers can get to be tedious because it's the same thing over and over, multiple yeah. layers all the way up. Yeah. Um, but when it's done, it's it's crazy gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and to to one up myself because I can't help but just leave things be. I went and I bought a a, a light kit, so now I have nice. lights running through it. So my my long term goal is to hook up uh, an Alexa smart plug so that I 
can just kind of walk up to my Alexa and just shout out by the power of Skull, and I just want the whole castle to light up. Nice. That's awesome. Um, how about for, uh, just curiosity for your kids, have you, I assume in some way you've incorporated them into some geekdom? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. So, so my oldest, uh, actually used to go to shows with me, used to go to conventions. Um, but she's gotten a little older, but we still share the love of, uh, of comics and, and Star Wars in particular. Um, when Force Awakens came out, she was like, Dad, I want to go see this. And I was like, all right, let's do this. I said, before we do it, you know, you need to, to relearn everything. So made her sit through the original or the, the prequel and the original trilogy and she was ready to go. And we, except for Han Solo, we've seen every one, you know, in the theater. And it's just as cool as, as it is to see the, the crawl appear on the screen. You yeah. want to look at your kid to see their look on yes. the reaction of it. And it's, yeah. and, uh, you know, I'm not even going to lie. I, I was, I was crying the first uh, Force Awakens to see her look yes. of, of childlike glee watching, you know, watching that go up there. And it was, it was just awesome. So, um, so we have that. We go to all the Marvel movies as well. Um, my, uh, my middle daughter didn't quite pick up the, uh, the the geek flag so to speak but my my youngest daughter carly uh the second she could start going to shows she was with me nice she i mean we, we don't if i go to a show she's she's going with me or she's giving me a checklist of what she wants <laughs> that is fantastic i love that yeah yeah and and her her taste into toys and stuff much like mine are expensive so that's oh, just you know it's, okay. it's kind of tough you can but, enjoy uh, it together though that's the cool thing about it so yeah are you familiar with Mythic Legions? Have you? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I know oh, yeah. they've done some. Okay, so where I am, right outside of uh, Philadelphia, uh, I'm local to a couple shows where they they set up and they're able to go yeah. to. Yeah. So she's gotten into them, right. and she's like, "Hey, Dad, this is what I want to get." And I'm like, "All right, well, you know how long ahead it is. Start saving up. Start doing yeah. your chores. Start doing what you got to do." I'll end up still buying her two or three extra figures on top of whatever she buys herself and and stuff like that. So it's. It's great. She likes to sit around. We'll customize action figures together. And, um, she's definitely, uh, definitely inherited that, that, uh, that aspect of me. Hopefully she sticks with it. You know, nice. she's at that age where my oldest kind of ducked out for a while. So we'll see how long that holds out. And then, uh, the little guy, he's funny, man. He, I, I gave him my entire, um, 2000 X collection of, uh, of Motu figures. Yeah. And he just has a, he has a blast. His favorite is a uh, sky clone. Nice. I think he appreciates the whole the whole rotation spinning around sure. action. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, was gonna, I forget what I was going to say with the. Uh, uh, never mind, I completely lost my train of thought. That happens sometimes. That's Getting good. older, got those spots appearing in my brain that are making me forget things. Um, no, I think I think that's awesome though that like um, that they enjoy. Oh, I know with mythic uh, mythic legion, mythic legion, right? Um, mythic, mythic legions, legions. Um, yes. so they, uh, my buddy, Sam, who has been on the show before and I got to know because he listened to the podcast. Um, uh, he was back in the day, which I only found this out, like, or realized the connection, like in the last year or so he was soul fly Jedi who used to email us all the time. Um, and, uh, he's big into that and he'll constantly send like photos in a text message showing the stuff that's coming out. And are they the ones that have done like Motu themed or similar to Motu yes. characters? Okay, yeah, so yeah. So they 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 show up. They go to PowerCon every year with two figures. So yeah. 
So far, they did a, an orc uh, unkin that was done in man at arms uh, colors. Yeah. Uh, they've done At Adamon. Uh, they did uh, Celtus. Uh, uh, they've done Kairos, which is a gorgeous battle cat. It's one of my favorite figures. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, and there's a company out there that does third party 3D printing stuff that has been approved by Four Horsemen Studio. So they went ahead and they did the 2000X inspired helmet for the cat, and they they created feet. So now you have more cat like feet in the helmet for it. That's cool. Um, crazy, crazy good looking. They've done um, they've done an evil in. Uh, they've done. Uh, I think I saw like a done? trap jaw is coming trap, out. Trap, so. uh, yeah, Cronal, uh, he or Cronon, he just came out as well as um, as well as. Oh, Purpler, the Panther version. Oh yeah. So yeah, so the, yeah, those actually just came out with the uh, the Wasteland wave. Okay. Um, they just started shipping this week, I believe. So they'll be for sale at ZoloCon uh, in February, where they'll be set up at. Nice. I'm actually looking at. There's a big bad toy store right now. I'm looking at their stuff. It's like holy Christ, these oh, are. It's amazing. <laughs> they are. They're without a doubt one of the greatest action figure lines out there. And I'm a I'm a four inch one eighteen scale guy. And I and I've had some friends that that convinced me into just getting one. One turned into two, turned in two turned into three, three turned into seven, sevens turned into thirty. I'm probably pushing forty figures right now, and I'm nowhere near complete. So. And I can't remember if, if this figure that I got is from that line or not, but there was like I got this in like American Eagle. Yes, uh, Alice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the hunt for him. I'm a I'm an Eagle Scout, and I would oh, nice. love to have him yeah. stand, you know, hanging beyond or uh, right above my uh, my Eagle Award. Nice. Yeah, um, I did. There, I think there's two versions that came out. Yeah, I did get I did get that figure when it came out, just because I'm I was like I'm super patriotic, and I was like I was like I kind of can't pass getting this one, so <laughs> so it was a it was a cool figure. Um, all right, uh, Grub. How was how was your holidays? Uh, you, you've been up to a few things. Well, I don't have four kids. I only have one, so <laughs> there is that. Um, but my parents were in town, um, which I too am also a December birth date. So, granted, it's six days before Christmas, but uh, my parents were in town. But before that, the week bef- weekend before Thanksgiving, we were down in Disney World, um, and then. I was joking for a while that basically November and December, I didn't have a full week of work because it was constantly like we were on vacation and then we had Thanksgiving and then uh, I had to take a day off to go to a retirement ceremony in Nashville and then we were off the last two weeks of the year for work. We're off. Um, so, but uh, yeah, it was an interesting time with just, the little four-year-old, well, now four-year-old as of a couple of days ago, being around, because my parents live out in Nevada, um, so being in just south of Baltimore, I don't see them, but usually once a year. Um, but uh, it was nice having them here. Uh, a little crazy, because there's more people in the house than we're used to. <laughs> uh, and I will say that to jump on the uh, Star Wars land, man, that was Rise of the Resistance, the ride, the second ride for Star Wars Land was not open yet. It didn't open until two weeks after we were there. Oh, man. 
Um, but no, that's okay. Cause <laughs> all you got to do right now is look at anything Disney related and look at those lines and look at the crowd at, at the park for people trying to get on that ride. And it is insanity. Like yeah. this is what they wanted when they opened the land. Right. Um, and I got to say star Wars land, like the Falcon ride. I know it's not, it was not, is not the main attraction. Um, but I enjoyed it. I did it twice. Uh, I was an engineer both times because I just uh, single ridered it. Uh, so basically, I, the the first time I went on, no, I rode it three times actually. The first time I went on, they made everybody go through the line. So I went through the line. I saw the the Hondo animatronic, which was unreal. I've heard that's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, whew, boy. Um, and then the second two times, I just walk you know like these these were 120 minute wait times for the ride and if single rider which here's the thing people don't understand don't understand about single rider they will break you up if you go in a party of like four or five and expect to all get in the same thing it's not going to happen there's a reason why they call it single rider because they're using the single riders to fill in yeah you know because each each cockpit is six people right. so you got a lot of parties of two with parties of three parties of four so they use you to fill in the gap yeah um like ten minutes of waiting and you're through with a single rider. Yeah, yeah, I've done. It <laughs> I before, don't know yeah. if it's the case right now, but um, you know, I really enjoyed it. I, even as an engineer, like I hundred percented it all three times, so it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, you know, gunner and pilot maybe different story, but hey, whatever. I really thought it was cool. There's a lot of really cool tidbits and stuff in that land uh, that. If you are, I don't, I hate the term true fan because that irritates the hell out of me. But sure. if you are a hardcore fan, there's a lot of stuff in there that you will catch that the average person probably won't even notice. A lot of times uh, I'll say like, like you said, hardcore, I'll say like heavy fan. Like if you're deep in a deep fan where you know, like, like you're invested in the property. <laughs> that, yeah. It, like a, uh, because it always irritates me when people are like, well, you're not a true fan. I was like, yeah. well, what the hell is a true fan? To me, if you, you know? just like the movies or whatever, even one of the yeah. movies, to me, you're a fan. Then, like, it doesn't just matter. Because, just because you're more intense than your fan, it doesn't make you any right. more a quote-unquote true fan than somebody who just likes it for what it is. Exactly. You know, to me, that's why I say hardcore. Like, the hardcore yeah. fans, people yeah. are really into it. Versus yeah. just, you're just a fan, whatever. Yeah. Um, I gotta say the Ronto wrap that they sell in the one uh, restaurant there, mm-hmm. oh, really, really, really good. <laughs> like I don't really like coleslaw, and I put some coleslaw on it, but oh man, was it really good. Uh, I did buy some stuff. Just uh, I bought my, uh, I bought the, I did the, I did the build a droid thing. Nice. Um, and uh, I bought what'd some you make? Pins. I made an R2. I, I'm calling them R2 EW, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, it's just a this is an R2 unit that you know he's black, gray, and white because yeah. I like the color combo. Yeah. Um, and my son was up here earlier trying to run them on the carpet. They didn't run real well on the carpet, but you know if you're on hardwood floor, it, it works a lot better. Yeah. Um, Chewbacca was running around. I saw Ray a couple of times. Yeah. I did not unfortunately see Kylo or any of the stormtroopers, but that's not really that big a deal to me because. You know, uh, you got to being 501st, that stuff is just normal everywhere, to me. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, 
I would have, I think I would have liked to have had a little more time. Um, but we were only there for, I think three days, four days, something like that. And we were, you know, trying to do a couple other things too, but, uh, it was, I, I was like when the crowds die down, which who the hell knows when that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, with, I think, uh, what's today? The seventh, I believe in 10 days for when we are recording this, it opens in, uh, is it 10 days? Uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's less. It opens in California. So nice. let's, let's see how that goes. Right, right. Yeah, uh, uh, my wife and I are talking about in the spring going down to Florida. Um, her parents have a house down there, and uh, it makes it very affordable to go down there for a vacation, um, yep. especially if we want to do something like that, which can be pricey. Um, so I actually have said to her, I was like, well, if we go down there, then – I at least want to go there for to Disney World for a day just to Well the nice thing it. is even if uh, cuz they're doing this boarding group thing right now with Rise of the Resistance the ride which I have watched that the video on that ride multiple times and and the little man keeps asking to watch the Star Wars ride yeah and it's it's incredible um just the engineering behind that thing and the it's effectively multi, it's two or three different types of rides effectively on the, in the situation. Uh, it, but they're doing this boarding group thing where when you get in the parks, when the park officially opens at seven, uh, you have to log onto the app and get in a boarding group. And it's right. something like the first 128 boarding groups, uh, are guaranteed to get on the ride. And if you don't, they give you a fast pass to come back for it for another day. Okay. Um, I do not know how many people are in a boarding group. No one's really sure about that right now. Uh, but they've been lately, they've been getting at the other day, I was listening to something and they were talking about, they got up into the 160s on the boarding groups. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, but you don't need the boarding group to go into the land. Right. You can still go into the land. You can still do everything else without the boarding group. The boarding group only affects rise of the resistance, but it still had like four hour waits or something for, yeah. Um, because, you know, people are there. They're like, well, we got to wait. Let's go do other stuff. So, right, right. Uh, but I even just wandering around and looking at stuff, man, it's like, <laughs> yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. And that's the thing for me. I feel like I'll just be like mouth open, just looking around. <laughs> so, yeah, I still think I, I still think I wish that they had aimed it more of an original trilogy feel, not yeah. feel, but, for that land, but I get it. It's it's fine. Um, but I do think they need to incorporate a little more of the, not just the original trilogy, but a little more of the prequels in there too. Yeah, yeah. And not just like here's a cage of imperial equipment, here's a cage of rebel equipment, right? You know, type of situation. But like actually have more going on in there. Yeah. Dealing specifically with those because at this point you're talking eleven films. Three, three or four generations of like, yeah, well, I, three, three, at least three generations that actually grew up with the movies as kids now. So yeah, well, I, I mean, we'll get to it later. But like, my little four-year-old is love Star Wars right now. I mean, I don't. I mean, I didn't really force it on him, which is kind of inevitable in this yeah. house. But yeah, he was either gonna love it or he was gonna totally go the opposite direction. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I mean, he loves the Mandalorian, man. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's as a Star Wars fan, I think you should see it. 
Yeah. Even if you just do nothing but wander around and look at stuff and then try and get try and get into like Doc Ondar's, which is the uh the 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 I don't know, the Jedi type store where they sell all the Sith and Jedi type stuff. Mm. Uh, it's it's a little tight and I think that's a, I understand why they did it in order for story, but they should have made the stores, especially that one, bigger. Gotcha. Cuz it's really like you can't hold but like you know, forty people in there comfortably. Other than it's just shoulder to shoulder, and you can't see anything. Um, but a lot of the other stores are like market stalls, so it's actually really kind of interesting. You're wandering around through the market area, but yeah, it's especially you, Ryan. You yeah. should just go and wander around and yeah. eat some of the food and take in the sights and yeah. listen to the sounds. And yep. if you can get on a ride, get on a ride, but don't yeah. expect it. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like, uh, there's things I would like to do, but the biggest thing for me. And my only expectation is to just be able to go there and, and wander around and kind of just see everything. And I did hear about like how it's cool, how they do the marketplace. So it's not just your traditional shops. They have these marketplace feel to it and everything else. So I think that'll be cool to see. Um, yeah, I'll try to get on the rides and I, I, so this will shock listeners because it shocked a few people at work when I told them this. So I don't own any, um, higher, I don't own any lightsabers. Uh, let alone like a higher price lightsaber. So really, I, really, I don't. Need- yeah, the so, only ones I the only ones I technically own were gifts to my kid, and they're just like the little twenty dollar yeah. toy. You know, like they weren't. I don't own a lightsaber. But yeah, beyond so. And I and I'm a huge fan of Jedi's, but I just have never put the money into one of those. Um, I definitely would like to do the thing where you build your own lightsaber, but I also want to do the thing where you build your own droid like you did. And I know both of those things are not the cheapest things in the world. So. <laughs> yeah, the droid was a hundred bucks, uh, but they also had some other kind of package deal where you got the droid, you got the special backpack, which honestly, unless you're going to be going back and, uh, Going to the land and taking the droid with you a bunch. Mm-hmm. Don't buy the backpack. It's it's really a one shot deal because yeah. they give you a box to put it in. That's fine if that's your intention. Gotcha. And it also comes with one of the personality chips. And all the personality chips is like any R two unit. If you take the chip in, you press it. It sounds like R two or any other R two unit. Yeah. But or they have like a. I don't know why they would bother. They have two resistance to smuggler to imperial or first order chips the only difference in the chips is the color hmm. so like the two resistance ones it's the same thing just different color and i'm like but you put the thing into something and you close it and you, you don't, don't see, see it. it yeah so why does the color matter <laughs> right 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 um well for me for the holidays i'll keep it kind of short to give us enough time to talk about the, the star wars stuff but uh for me, uh, holidays were great. I got to actually uh, have both my parents up here uh, about a week and a half before Christmas. Um, for sad reasons, my dad had a, a close friend of his pass away, so my dad was flying up here for the funeral. And my sister and I, we were already planning on getting together uh, at my house to do a gift exchange and go see uh, zoo lights at the Cleveland Zoo. And, uh, since my dad was going to be here, I said to my mom, I was like, why don't you come up with dad and we'll all be together as a family because my sister Heather and her family is going to be here. And then it's the, it'd be the first time in a long time that all of us were in the same city together near the holiday. Um, and so my mom, uh, got a flight, uh, actually ended up being the same flight as my dad. 
and uh, there were still seats available, and so she came up, and we had it was really nice to have the whole family together. Um, we had a lot of fun, like even though it was for a sad and crappy reason uh, that they were coming up, it was nice to have. We had a whole day where it was just celebrating the holidays together and everything, so that was really cool. Um, much like uh, you, Anthony, uh, my wife is awesome at supporting my geekdom, and so I got the Friends Lego set for Chris, uh, Christmas. I have like the, the Big Bang Theory one, like you were mentioning. Her and I are actually working on building that one together because she's a big fan of the, fr- the show Friends, as I was as well. Um, my my wife and my daughter are huge fans, and I actually am surprised that we didn't see that at Christmas time. <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, so we're working on that. Uh, uh, one of my big goals for this year, and I'll talk about this a little bit near the end of the episode, but one of my goals this year is to kind of really declutter my collection and really put up a display of, uh, the stuff that I have. So this way I can really enjoy it and everything. Uh, so I got, um, three 11 by 17 frames from my wife, uh, so I can hang up some of my original comic art. Uh, that I've been desperately wanting to do for a long time. And then my parents got me a gift card so I can go down to Ikea and get cu- uh, a couple of those glass cases. So I can the actually, Yes, they are fantastic. Yeah, with, with the lighting upgrade and everything, yeah. Eventually, when I get a room back in yeah. this house for yeah. my own collection, <laughs> everything will be detoffed and LED lighting all the way through. Yeah, yeah. So I am looking forward to those, and I was like, because I was talking to someone at work the one day, I says, yeah, if you're just looking for a glass case or something like that, I was like, those things can run you like 150, 200 bucks or more. I was like, these things are 60 bucks and you get, and yeah, you have to put them together yourself. But from everything I've heard from people, they're not that hard to do. <laughs> so um, you just have to be careful because it's glass. That's the only thing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to doing the detoff uh, cases. Um, and my sister lives in Columbus and they have an Ikea down in Columbus and I know you can order it for pickup at the store. I can go down and visit my sister, go to the uh, Ikea store and pick it up and make it a whole make a whole day of it. So um, and I'm going to be turning an area in my basement down into um, a little mini library area where I can put all of my uh, trades and Star Wars books and all that type of stuff and have a, have a nice area that I can go down and get something I want to read and find it easily and bring it back upstairs and stuff. So, um, Lisa, I'm going to talk a little bit about that near the end of the episode, uh, cause there's something special I'm doing when it comes to that. So, um, so that was my holidays. I, I had, it was a really nice kind of low key holiday. Uh, and like I said, I got to see my family and everything. So that was, so that was really cool. Um, something else that happened during the holidays though, is a whole lot of star Wars happened. <laughs> Um, so I, th- I figured first what we'll do is, uh, we've been talking about the Mandalorian, uh, in the last, I think the last two episodes, right, Grub? Uh, well, you guys, the one you did with John with John. the wish book, you guys talked about it yes, too. Yes. So, uh, now everything has been done. All eight episodes are, are out. Um, so let's go, uh, so I'll go Anthony first. Uh, always like to go guest first. Sorry, Grub, you're, you're not as guest as, as Anthony is. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm not offended, don't worry. <laughs> um, but uh, just overview, Anthony, what was your overview? Like, we'll get into the details and everything else a little bit later, but overview, what was your thought on The Mandalorian as a whole? Like, uh, beginning to end, were there things that kind of, uh, certain episodes that stood out or certain themes or anything like that? Like, kind of what was your overall impression of the show? 
I could listen to the background music for the rest of my life and be such a happy camper. Nice. I just, I just, it just reminded me of the like spaghetti westerns. Yeah. yeah. I was just waiting for like you know someone to walk out with some sort of like goofy looking poncho and a you know cigar hanging out of their mouth and a you know even dirtier looking you know ten gallon hat or something. It was just yeah. The music just maintained a theme through the whole series and. Uh, as great as the episodes were, I was looking forward to the end credit scenes to see the artwork. Yes. I want a I want a coffee table book of just that artwork. It yes. is phenomenal. Yeah. I could I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait for every end of the episode to just see all that. Um, in general, I'm I mean, if that's what they want to go down as the new path for Star Wars, bring it. Let's just keep doing it that way. Like that was it was awesome. It was. It was just a straight-up Western. I mean, you know, you only got the space vibe when they were in space. Other than that, you know, it felt like you were, you know, it was just, you know, on a planet, just doing its thing. Nice, nice. Grub, how about for you? Uh, I know we've talked about some of the episodes, but overall for you, how how was it? I, I think it went, <laughs> I know <laughs> it was funny that the last time we talked about episode one and two, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it's good, but I don't think it's the greatest thing ever. And then episode three happened. <laughs> and it was really, for me, the ending of episode three. Yeah. I was like, holy, what the hell just happened here? Um, I think about three and a half to, f- you know, uh, probably about 50% of the series is spectacularly good. I mean, like, damn good television. Yeah. The other 50% is still perfectly fine. Yeah. But it doesn't – I still – I still don't think I'm over the moon like so many people are, um, but I definitely think it's a really good series. I actually rewatched seven and eight before we got on tonight. Uh, my little my little guy is you know he sees the Mandalorian and he's like I want to watch it I want to watch it I'm like okay, yeah. Um, but I think it's a really good series and I have a lot of thoughts about where season two has to go because of revelations at the end of season one. Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. But I think, you know, I know John's been cold on the movie since Disney took over, but with his opinions of this series is spectacular, like he's really enjoying it. I think even if you're not a big fan of the movies, I think you should, and you have access to Disney Plus, I think you should watch it. Yeah. Uh, because I think it's good. I think it's real good. Yeah. Uh, and it does some neat things that, that you know, just watch it, enjoy it, you know, take it for what it is. Yeah. And John's getting pumped. Uh, he's been pretty pumped about Rebels, too, which he never watched before. So uh, yep. I know he's been really enjoying that as well. Um, yeah, for me, it, it was, you know, everything that you guys said. Like, uh, I, I will agree with you, Grub. I think there was a, a couple episodes at least. I don't necessarily know if it was half for me, but it was at least a couple episodes for me that I felt – while I still really enjoyed them, they felt like kind of filler episodes, and I was like, okay, this is only eight episodes long. I don't really need any filler episodes, <laughs> but I still really enjoyed watching them. Um, but like the third episode, like you said, phenomenal. The seventh and eighth episode were just blew my mind. Um, like when the seventh episode happened and it ended, I was like, crap, I have ten days to wait before the next one's out. Um, and because it left with such a cliffhanger and, and it was just so well done. And then, like you said, it end the actual ending of it leaves a lot of thoughts about where they're going to go next. 
and we'll definitely talk about that. But um, much like you said, Anthony, it's you know it's got that western feel to it, just that space western feel to it. Uh, it also, of course, pulls a lot of elements of like samurai. You got wolf, uh, uh, lone wolf and cub themes going out, uh, going on throughout the whole thing. Um, someone I heard, I think I heard this on uh, the um, pop culture leftovers episode that I was on, but I it was after I left that they talked about this and, and mentioned it. Um, is they did to me? They did in this what the original Star Wars trilogy did, which is they took other things that were out there. Like when Lucas created the original Star Wars, he pulled from things he enjoyed, like Flash Gordon serials and uh, uh, Kurosawa and like all that type of stuff that he enjoyed. And then he made it his own thing. And I feel like that's what they kind of did with this is that they took things like Lone Wolf and Cub and the Spaghetti Westerns and things like that, and then just made it added Star Wars elements to that and made it Star Wars that way. Um, so if they keep, to your point, Anthony, if they keep going down this, if this is the direction they want to go and, and they want to take things down this path, I am a hundred percent on board. Um, I love the fact that a couple of the episodes were directed by the director that's going to be doing the Obi-Wan series, uh, which was episodes. I think she did episode three and seven. I want to say, um, and those were two of the best episodes in the series, so that gives me high hopes for the Obi-Wan series. Um, I know we're getting the second season of Mandalorian, which is going to happen this fall, which to me seems awesomely quick. I was actually not expecting a second season until maybe next the next year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited, so... Um, all right, so let's talk about some specifics. Uh, Anthony, why don't you kick us off with, w- was there anything in particular that you just are dying to talk about, like that you just, from the series or from the last few episodes or wherever you want to go with it, what what has jumped out with you with the, with the series that you're just like, okay, let's talk about this? So I've never been a big Boba Fett slash Mandalorian fan. Okay. Thank um, you, somebody is, else. <laughs> that is until... The Hamdalorian, the heavy armored Mandalorian, yeah. Mr. John Favreau himself, lays waste with that epic machine gun. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I've just discovered, discovered that I enjoy the Mandalorians and I want him to have a gigantic machine gun and a jetpack. <laughs> and I need two of these figures right away. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> um, I also, uh, I actually really liked uh, Gina Carano's character, uh, yeah. Cara Dune. Um, I feel like uh, we'll get more about her in the upcoming season. I kind of like how her character, towards the end, I think she's going to be the the heavy for uh, for Carl Weathers. Yeah. Uh, you know, bounty hunter guild. Now, uh, she was awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll be shocked uh, if I'll be shocked if that's the last we see of either of those characters. So, oh no, yeah, yeah, no, that he'll we'll we'll see more of them. Um, definitely, there you can't not have them. Uh, cannot have them back. They're like the I, I, they're kind of like the core now and the core cast. Uh, Ig eleven, right? Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> what a what a. Never thought you really start to appreciate a droid, you know that that, that turned out pretty cool. I like his uh, his his story arc. Um, I love the uh, I love the uh, emotional 
part at the end where, like, uh, the Mandalorian, like, learns to trust him by letting him take his helmet off. And then, obviously, the sacrifice that happens, which they, of course, foreshadowed that with him constantly wanting to blow himself up. It's like you knew at some point he was going to be able to blow himself up. <laughs> I, I don't I don't think the Mandalorian had much of a choice in fighting him or trying to get rid of True. that of his helmet off. There was... I mean, there was there was gray matter coming out the back of him. I don't know what spray he used, but uh, <laughs> that that stuff was better than crazy glue. That, that patched him up real quick. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. There, I think he would have put up more of a fight about removing the helmet, but you know, it is what it is. Nice. Um, no, it was it was great. I mean, you know, and I think the obvious the uh, the uh, the lightsaber that we weren't expecting at the end. Uh, <laughs> Was pretty crazy with uh, yeah. is that the dark saber? I believe the, that the, the yeah. proper terminology for it is. Yeah, when, Grub, Why don't you give us a kind of a well? You, I, I know I know a lot about it, but I also know you know quite a bit about it. Why don't you give the listeners like oh, what why that was so important? The dark saber is important because the only Mandalorian Jedi that ever had a lightsaber, even a Mandalorian Jedi, I don't remember the character's name, but that was his lightsaber. Yeah was the Darksaber. And it's also in in the Clone Wars animated series and in the Rebels animated series, it's incredibly important to the Mandalorian people and who is in charge on the planet Mandalore. Right. So I had wondered if we if it would show up at some point in this series. Um, because they talk about the 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 purge Mm-hmm. And people were talking about, oh, well, that's the Siege of Mandalore from the Clone Wars, but it's not. Yeah. Because clearly, the Purge is something that has, has to have happened in the timeline after the Rebels animated series ended. Yeah. Because the the Darksaber was in the hands of, I think, Bo-Katan. Yeah, I was just going to give you a rundown. Um, so we had, uh, it started off, as far as what what we know... <laughs> It started off with Terra Vizsla, and then it went to Pre Vizsla. Yeah, Pre Vizsla. And then Darth Maul had it for a while. Yep. Uh, then Kanan had it for a very short period of time, and then he passed it along to uh, it was passed along to Sabine, and then it went to Bo Katan, and now it's with Gideon. Uh, yep. So. But it's also what also makes it interesting is see this is where it gets into season two of the Mando is what ha- like. How did he get did that? He get what it? happened yeah. to Bo? What happened to the, because if the Mandalorians were wiped out, they were wiped out by the Empire. Right. So what the hell happened there? So that's the stuff I'm like, now I want to know. I have to figure, yeah, I have, I have a feeling like the flashbacks that we're going to, cause we saw the flashbacks this season of how the Mandalorian became the Mandalorian. I think we're going to see flashbacks as to how to Gideon get the dark saber is my guess. And, I would be shocked as hell if the last episode of season two isn't the Mandalorian holding the dark saber, like that he eventually gets it. And now he's going to reinstate the Mandalorian tribes or whatever. So that also goes to, you talk about the flashback with the Mandalorian and the revealing of his name of Din, was it Din Djarin? Yeah. 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 And him being a foundling, I believe, I'm not 100% certain, but I believe the Mandalorians you see that rescue him are the Death Watch, okay. which is a specific group 
within the Mandalorians because of the symbol that white, like a uh, kind of W claw looking symbol that they have. Yeah. Um, uh, it, they're same thing is the, the, <laughs> the death watch are, I don't, cause I didn't watch much of the clone wars. They're really big in the clone wars. They're important to the Mandalorians, uh, and to the story and all that to, uh, to, to them, you know, cause they're fighting, you know, it makes sense. They're fighting in the clone wars against the, cl- uh, against the, uh, battle droids. Right. Um, so that again, fascinating as hell. So he was rescued by, it looks like, you know, the death watch, which is, it's like, Jesus, like, <laughs> boy, are you pulling a lot of stuff out of here. But I also wonder how much of that is Dave Filoni's influence with stuff here too. Yeah. Well, and let I know the memes have been floating around, but let's face it. Anything Favreau touches is turning into gold at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought the guy from PCU that was. Right. <laughs> um, so what are your guys thoughts when it comes to baby Yoda? Anthony, we'll start with you. Like, uh, I, I and we all know we've said this many times. Uh, we'll just say it one more time. We know it's not <coughs> Yoda, although it may be a clone of Yoda. We still don't know that, but it, but we're going to call it baby Yoda. Cause what the hell else are we going to call it? Actually, Favreau, I think the other day on Twitter or something said it's not it's not a baby Yoda, okay. meaning it's not a clone of Yoda. All right, I'm still calling so, it Baby Yoda right now. Apparently, it has a name. <laughs> Whatever its name is, who knows? But yeah, I'm gonna call it Baby Yoda. Too. Um, so, uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts with uh, with that character? Greatest memes produced ever. <laughs> oh. I can't not help but read everyone that ever gets posted. Yes. I mean, and the more foul, the better they are, especially with the innocent look that he gives. Yes, yes. I, I just, I mean, I mean, let's, let, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, we're getting a Baby Yoda-esque, Yoda-type species, whatever you want to call it. We're getting another green little pointy-eared, you know, crazy powerful character in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, do you think that they dropped it early in addition to, like, the week of uh, Rise of Skywalker to introduce the Force healing a little, a little bit more to help with the movie? Not to jump into the movie yet, but... Yeah, oh, I, I, mean, I don't I, Is that it. the first time we saw... Is that the first time we really saw, you know, force healing to some to some degree? Wasn't there or, a little bit my... in Rebels? In live action, yes. Yeah. It, it's not the idea of force healing is anything but new in the books and the comics. Right. Old EU, new new EU. Uh, I'm pretty certain it's shown up in multiple cartoon episodes to some extent. Yeah. You know, maybe not, maybe not quite to the extent that, you know, we saw in the movie. Yeah. They saw in the, in the show or the movie, but it's, uh, it's not new. So it's, it is, you know, it, it also, it makes sense that there would be Jedi healers. Right. (laughs) But, but to your, to, to your question, uh, I think, I think it was done intentionally for the movie. Um, to introduce it somewhat. I mean, it didn't take away from the plot of the story in any way, uh, for either the movie or the show, um, to, to have it in there. But the, I think that it, there was some intent behind that because to the general populace that, that are not into the books and the comics and, and watch the animated shows and stuff like that, they're not going to know that force healing is a thing. In fact, the people that are in uproars about force healing are obviously the ones that don't didn't know that the stuff existed before. So, um, 
but yeah, I, I think there was some intent behind doing that, doing that in that episode right before the movie came out. I can't imagine that was just by chance or coincidence. Um, and we saw signs early on that, like, Baby Yoda he, wanted to heal him. So. He, he was trying to. I mean, yeah. he was trying to heal Mando after after the the first battle where we see Yoda use his powers. Right. Or the 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 child use his powers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, until they give him a name, I'm gonna just keep calling him Yoda. I, that's, I can't. That's what we I can't. Do too. I, can't I can't help it. It's just it is what it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, to see him attempt to use his powers, you know, we could have seen it earlier, but. It was just, you know, designed for a particular plot point, you know, and uh, I think they did. Uh, I think they've done a pretty good job with the character. I mean, yeah. I'm curious to see when we'll hear him speak. I'm sure at some point, you know, uh, well, I'm sure we'll catch that at some point next season. Yeah. Uh, do you think do you think um, Mandalorian will reveal his face to, to to baby Yoda at some point next season? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I think it could happen, uh, but I think it'll have to be a circumstance just like when he revealed it to IG-11. I think it'll have to be uh, a, a moment that, like, it won't just happen because, oh, they're alone and he can take his helmet off. I think it's going to have to be, like, um, a story element moment that's going to allow him to do it for just, even if it's a brief moment. Well, I also wonder if it wasn't because you've seen same thing with rebels in Clone Wars. Mando's having helmets off all over the place. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is like I don't want to say a sect, but this specific clan or group that's their that's their way is to not take the helmets off. Because you know if you're not taking your helmets and armor off, and then no, if, I mean outside of finding kids or abducting kids how are you having children right. because you know you gotta take stuff off right i think but. you just have to leave the helmet on i don't know like i mean i guess maybe who knows they, they can so, do some they do so some grub. geeky stuff that's all <laughs> so, <laughs> I guess. so grub so because i'm not as in depth with a lot of the eu stuff um with uh you were just mentioning with the helmet staying on. Could this be something related to the fall of Mandalore that afterwards, maybe something that could have caused it why they keep the helmets on from here on out? There is that. That's a possibility too. I don't, I don't know. That could be, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Because literally like, you know, everything we've ever seen with Mando's with the exception, I think with the exception of Boba, Every other Mando I think that we've seen on screen or just, you know, Mando number 237 in the background, you've seen them take a helmet off. You know, anyone like Django's had his helmet off among people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the, you know, go look at Rebels and when they, there's an arc that happens towards the end of the series when they're on Mandalore and plenty of Mandalorians are running around without helmets on. Now with, so. with Django, haven't, they stated though that Django and Boba are not actually Mandalorians. They just well, have armor. That's yeah. That's what I thought too. But at the same time, now it's kind of been proven that you know it's not a race; it's a creed. Right. That's true. Yeah. So maybe maybe because they wanted to disown Django or something because yeah. of him, you know selling his his genetics to the cloners. Maybe that could be. Yeah, like, that's a good point. 
Yeah. But that doesn't make him any less of a Mandalorian than than yeah. the Mandalorian is. I will say one of the things that I, I loved about this series, and it's what I've always wanted with stuff when it comes to Star Wars, uh, and it's what we get in the EU stuff, which I think is why people are loving this this series so much, is that we actually expand upon the mythos of the Mandalorians. Like, we didn't know much about the Mandalorians. They were kind of these mis- mysterious characters that were, you know, we heard about. Um, and then, you know, books and comics and things like that kind of delved a little bit into it. But this has really been the first thing that kind of really showed us what their culture is like, or at least like you said, grub this sect, this particular sect, at least. We, you know, we really get to explore and expand upon the Star Wars universe by seeing more about this particular culture. Um, and that's what has me excited uh, about next season, too, is um, I heard that, it, and it might only be for one episode, I don't know, but I, I saw that there was like some image of a Gamorrean guard. And so people are speculating what that might mean. And what I'm hoping it'll mean is I'm hoping it'll mean that we're going to get a Gamorrean character next season. And maybe we'll get some ideas of what that culture is like. Make him picky from the old X-Wing books. There you go. Gamorrean <laughs> X-Wing pilot as part of Rogue Squadron. Yes, that would be <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, I would just, I would like to s- learn more about the Gamorrean culture and stuff like that. I mean, I know and I've read some stuff in, you know, books and comics and stuff, but you know, I'd like to see that actually on the screen. Like I say, even if it's just for one episode to have like actual Gamorrean character that's an actual character and not just some guards standing there that get force choked. So, <laughs> um, I think that could be pretty cool. Um, uh, Anthony, much like you were saying, when it comes to every episode, I've always, I've always looked forward to watching the artwork, the concept art that they showed. Um, that's what I would typically order for every single movie is I love getting like the Ralph McQuarrie art books and, and if, with all the new movies, there was always an art book that came out that showed the concept art and it was always amazing to look at. I want the Mandalorian art book to come out. I don't know why it hasn't been solicited yet already. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you on that one, man. Yeah. It, it needs a book. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sure. that art at the end was really good. Yeah. As long as it has a gimmick feature, when you open the first page, it plays the theme song, kind of like those uh, (laughs) birthday cards. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I could totally get behind that. And then music lends it. You open it up and it's a fake, there's a thermal detonator there and it explodes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, that like that music, like I said, that that music lends itself to that type of effect though, is to open the book and it just has that spaghetti western sound to it when you open it up. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to next season. Uh, it has, I think I mentioned this the last episode, uh, how well of a job they did with this has, gives me high hopes for not only Obi-Wan, and I know they're supposed to do the Cassian Andor series as well, um, and then all the Marvel stuff that's coming out. Like, I am actually very stoked about all this stuff. I'm very excited about the new Clone Wars or, uh, series, uh, season coming out. Uh, yeah, that's going to be crazy good. I can't yeah, wait. I that trailer looks amazing for it. So I love I love the Clone Wars. If you ask me who my favorite character in Star Wars is, it's it's Captain Rex. Nice. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's weird. It's you know I I just love that whole the whole story arc of the character and, <clears throat> and how he came all the way through and you know we catch him in Rebels and everything. I just love the way that they had time to. 
uh, elaborate on stories with characters. So we're getting another season of it. Yeah, I'm I'm game. I can't wait. Yeah. And like I said, I watched that trailer and I, I had the chills just watching that trailer. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. <laughs> so, um, all right. So uh, let's transition then from uh, real, Lawrence. real quick. Yeah. yeah. A, uh, a couple of observations just in general yeah. about the series, man. Yeah, totally. Uh, the, with the episode with the ATST in it. Yeah. I was watching that and, and my son was standing there and he was just watching it. And all of a sudden that thing came on screen and he squealed <laughs> yelling at and pointing at the TV. What's that? What is that? Like, cause he, his, he loves AT-ATs and like TIE fighters and X-wings and all that stuff. And he saw that ATST and lost his mind. Like, I mean, he was just like, oh my, like, what is this? Um, <laughs> uh, and he kept just wanting to see that scene of the ATST stomping out of the woods over and over and over again. And episode eight, that first like five, ten minutes with those two biker scouts. Oh my God. Was the best bit of freaking Star Wars live action I think exists. I need you know? them. I need them. I need them to be tag and bank and I want a series spinoff with them. <laughs> the, my only negative is that is, is, I think they've beat the joke into the ground about stormtroopers can't shoot. Like yeah. it seemed like every time they had the opportunity, they took the shot and no pun intended. They took the shot at it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, come on. Like, can we please just get away from this joke now? <laughs> the director was the same guy that did Thor Ragnarok, right? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's known for, yeah, he's known for, for, you know, his, his comedic yeah. stuff, but and it wasn't just I believe that was, all season long. They were doing well, that. yeah, but it was uh Jason Sudeikis, who was the guy that, punched the yes, baby, right? Yeah. Is that... <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Also, being a biker scout, being one of my main costume, I might have that bag. Nice, anyway. nice. Because <laughs> it's just a British M37 like satchel from like World War II, so they're not super easy to find, but they're not hard to find either. But that uh, <laughs> that whole scene with the, come right. on, what does it look like? And then like it bites it, just slugs yeah, the thing. Yeah, very funny. There's an hour-long clip of him, of that biker scout just punching <laughs> the I Yoda over and, over and over and over and over. I'm not a fan of uh, action features on action figures, but a biker scout punching <laughs> the bag over and over again. That would be great. Sell like hot cakes. And I'm also like, there were a couple of things of those biker scouts that were making me twitch because same thing, being the costumer, I'm looking at their cummerbunds and I'm and they're, they're missing like they were all shrinkled up and normal or narrow. I'm like, that's wrong. It should be up <laughs> underneath the chest plate. And they didn't have flak vests on like they're missing. But I'm like, I guess yeah. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. But still, that whole. God, that whole first five minutes. Yeah, he just shot an officer for interrupting him. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> did, did you say he just shot him? <laughs> um, what part of – did you not understand that he just murdered 10 of his own or 12 right. of his own troops? Um, yeah, like I said, my, my first thought watching that too was because uh, I loved the characters, uh, comedic characters in the comics of Tag and Bink. And I'm like, oh, my God, please tell me that's Tag and Bink because I just would – love that i know it couldn't be but i just wanted it to be so badly <laughs> um although i guess technically it could be it could be them uh but yeah i was just like can we please just get like a little spin off like just do a bunch of shorts of just those two troopers <laughs> doing different things i'd like the uh the comparison that somebody did with those two of in the pirates of the caribbean series yes those two british yes. marines <laughs> fantastic <laughs> 
All right, so uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, we all saw it. Uh, and so, again, we're going to kind of do it like we did with Mandalorian. Uh, we'll, we'll kick off this time uh, with you, Grub. Uh, just overall thoughts, no specifics, but just kind of your overall feel, overall thoughts. Uh, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, overall, I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, I've seen it twice. Uh, I was trying to get to see it a third time, but everything conspired to prevent that over the weekend. But um, it was weird because it was the movie I walked out of, of the three of the sequel trilogies that I felt the best. At a, when I walked out of Force Awakens and Last Jedi, both times I was not – I was digesting and I – you know, I was trying to think things through, and something I didn't like them on, like walking out immediately. It was just I, I had to figure things out and try and figure out where I felt about things. This one, I walked out and I felt good. Um, and it was also weird because when the movie ended the first time I saw it, like I forty percent or something of the theater I was in, like stood up and started clapping, and there was a whole lot of hoot and hollering and cheering and everything. And I mean, that theater was raucous at the end of that movie and I was like okay that's a good sign and then the second time I saw it there was still a lot of clapping and cheering after the after the at the end of the credits but not as much as the first time um, but same thing is like I you know I, I thought it took a couple of shots at last at last Jedi um, there and there is a lot going on in this movie and a lot of of things to, to digest. And, you know, I don't, I know Ryan, you and I were talking earlier that there seems to be a lot of confusion from a lot of people about stuff. And I don't, I didn't, I wasn't confused about anything. I just, if I, you know, I just kind of, Oh, I didn't know they could do that. Okay, sure. Um, but maybe it's just at this point, I'm, I'm, I've been so tapped in so deep into the star Wars fandom and the and the books and the movies and the cartoons and the toys and all the stuff that you know nothing really like oh that's crap they can't you nothing know like really it's just there's, yeah yeah you know it nothing ever throws me off so I just kind of just okay I accept it and then I move on and maybe that's a negativity in some cases where maybe I should be a little more critical at times but I think overall this you know it's not a perfect movie but I think it I personally think it did a pretty good job of tying up. At least the sequel yeah. trilogy, um, and I also don't like the fact that people keep saying, "Oh well, you know, this these movies now prove that Anakin didn't, you know, his whole point was, you know, he he didn't, he wasn't the chosen one, blah blah blah." And it's just like, no, if Anakin hadn't did what he did and became Vader, and then at the end threw the Emperor over the cliff, and however the Emperor survived. We wouldn't even be to this point because the emperor would have just ruled everything. It'd have been a whole other story. So in effect, he did bring balance for a while. So it's not like it's not like what he did was right negated. Yeah, I agree. So I, I don't understand yeah. that argument, but you know, I I think it's a pretty good movie. I'm I'm I, my wife, um, she's not really a Star Wars fan um, because her family doesn't really get into geeky things. They've never really done it. Um, she likes The Force Awakens a lot. It's her favorite movie. She doesn't really care for Je- First Last Jedi. She thinks it's okay, but she doesn't 
she's not going to watch it ever again, probably. But she literally asked, she keeps asking, I want to see it again. I want to see it again. And I'm like, well, then yeah. you pick a time because, you know, I'll go and see it whenever. But, you know, you're the one that's that really wants to see it. So you pick the time. But same thing. She's just procrastinating on it so far. But and my son. Literally, we got out of he, we, we finished watching the movie and he screams out in the theater, "I love Star Wars! It's so cool and fun!" <laughs> and like the um, the guy sitting next to us just burst out laughing upon hearing that because it's a little he's yeah. a little you know almost four year old at that point just completely yeah. sucked in. He doesn't know what's going on. He just knows he just sees stuff and he, and he knows, knows characters he likes it or and, not. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he's just completely sucked into the spectacle. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. It's you know. Because that was probably me when I was not even two when I saw yeah. the original yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, how about, uh, how about for you, Anthony? Same same thing. Just kind of like overview your overall impression and uh, feelings towards it. So I saw it once in the theater, and in preparation for today, I may or may not have seen it through <laughs> other um, unpractical ways. <laughs> Uh, unethical, immoral ways, but I may have watched it again today. Um, because now we're at the 7th of January, you know, for those that know the date that we're filming, we're recording this. <clears throat> I've had an opportunity to listen to a couple other, um, podcast reviews. Uh, I listened to the My Wife is Gonna Kill Me review of it, and I also listened to the most recent Comic Geek Speak review. So, Nice to hear a couple of different ideas and thoughts and, you know, different points and perspectives of it. I mean, uh, all in all, I like this movie. The rewatchability is, is high. Um, definitely higher than, uh, than, uh, the, it's, it's yeah. predecessor. Um, I think, uh, I think JJ Abrams spent more time trying to get his sandbox back in order. Um, I don't know if you saw Back when I guess when the last or when when the the last movie came out, there was a meme that was um, it was JJ playing in a sandbox and he set everyone up in place. He set up Luke and Leia and Han and everything was all great. And then they they sorry you know, JJ, why don't you take a break and let Ryan come in and play in the sandbox? And he comes in and he he kicks everyone all over the place and you know, dishevels the whole thing. And then afterwards she goes, the, the mom goes, all right, Jake, why don't you sit back down and fix this again? And I felt like he spent a lot of the movie trying to get things back in order, back to where he was, where he left off at Awakens. And aside from that, I mean, he, he fixed a lot of his stuff. I, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, I really did. I think, uh, I, I think, uh, the character development, for a lot of people, um, they did a decent job. Um, I know they caught a lot of flack for uh, it Rose yeah. Tico, her character, um, in the in the last film. So I think they tried to just tiptoe around that, her some stuff, and then just kind of keep it moving forward. Um, I liked um, uh, the way they handled Leia. It could have been worse. I mean, you know, you you were kind of left with not a lot of options, and then and the way that they they addressed it was was fine. Could they have fixed it in the last movie? Yeah, but that was really different line for this movie. So I think they they handled it the best way that they could. Um, the cameos that they included in the movie, I'm sure we'll talk about them later. Were uh, were great. The surprise ones, the ones you wouldn't expect. Um, 
they, I think they did a great job with that. Billy D. Williams cracked me up. I mean, it just felt like it was, you know, it was back in the, you know, in the eighties again, you know, hanging out in cloud city or something like he just, he, he still had that embodiment of cool. Um, Chewie was, was great. I mean, I mean, I can go into each individual character, but I, I really, I really liked it. Um, I think if this is the end of the Skywalker story, then, then that's okay. Like that, that's fine. Let's, Let's do let's let's try to do some more stories. Let's let's do some more movies. Um, you know, let's end the Skywalker stuff. But, you know, let's let's come back to these guys in a couple more years. Let's see what happened to uh, to Poe and Finn and, and see where Ray's at in a couple more years. Let's 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 do that. But um, I don't know what else I, I wrote down the whole conversation I sent you. <laughs> Uh, to, to kickstart my invitation to, to tonight's episode. I don't want to go into the whole thing, but um, this was definitely my, my favorite of the three films. Uh, with uh, Force Awakens being being a close second, I mean, it, that really made you have the, the vibe, the feeling of the, the original trilogy when you saw that. I know a lot of people gave them flack for being too close to being a clone of, of the first movie, but that's what brought everyone to the table to, to watch it in the first place. So why not, why not make that one like that? So um, the special effects, they did a really good job on it. The air battles were amazing. Uh, I mean, I keep going, but, you know, let's share the floor here. What, uh, what are your thoughts on everything, Ryan? So, yeah, for me, uh, when it comes to uh, Rise of Skywalker, I will say uh, it is not only my favorite movie of the new trilogy. It's my favorite movie of the new Disney movies. Um, and that does not mean that I think it's the best of the new movies, uh, at all. Uh, Return of the Jedi is my favorite of all the Star Wars movies. However, I will never say that Return of the Jedi is the best of all the movies. Um, so when it comes to the new movies, I, I do think Rogue One is a better put together movie than, uh, Rise of Skywalker. I think Force Awakens is a is better put together than Rise of Skywalker. However, much like uh, I think it was you, Grub, that had said earlier that uh, rewatchability, or maybe it was Anthony that said rewatchability. Uh, it for me, this is that's kind of what plays into it being my favorite. It's this is the movie that I think I will probably rewatch the most um, of all the Disney movies um, because there's just so much in there. There's so much that I enjoyed. There's so much I had fun watching. There's parts of it that I will freely admit, I feel like it's kind of like rushed or, um, uh, is a little bit messy, but I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, there's a lot of member berries. We'll get into some of that. Um, but it was one where I walked out of the theater and wanted to go watch it again. Um, and most of the other movies I saw in the theaters and was like, okay, like you were saying, Grub, I, I feel like I need to digest this um, before seeing it again. Um, I have not, I've only seen it once, uh, and it's just because of circumstances of various things, but I will definitely be seeing it again in the theaters before it leaves the theaters. Um, Ryan, I'll, I'll send you a link. You can watch it at home. Awesome. <laughs> um, uh, I got to see it in 3D. Uh, I do want to see it in IMAX. Uh, we have an IMAX theater nearby, uh, so I, I will probably go see it that way. Um, 
But yeah, just I lo- loved what they did with various characters, loved the cameos, like you were mentioning, Anthony. Uh, and yeah, just had a really good time watching uh, this movie and looking for it. And I, and I do think it ended, for me, it ended in a way that I was happy to see it ended. Ending, um, I also would love to see where these characters are in the future. Uh, I don't know if we'll get that or not, but uh, I think think if we do it'll be through books and comics um i don't know if we'll see them on the screen again but uh there was a there was a lot at the end there was definitely moments that made me tear up both sad moments and uh pure joy moments that had me tearing up there was parts that had me fist pumping uh there it was just and there and there's things that i know they there's especially one moment that i know was direct steal from another movie i don't care i still enjoyed the hell out of it um so yeah uh just keep it short and sweet i i really enjoyed the hell out of it and uh even though it's not a perfect movie i it's my favorite of the new movies um all right so uh we started with Anthony last time with, as far as particular moments, uh, Grub, why don't we start with you? Like pick a moment or two that, that just really stood out that you wanted to talk about. Um, for me, it, there's two that really, the first being wedge showing up. Of course. Know, right. <laughs> uh, because wedge being my favorite star Wars character of all time. I, the only disappointment is the fact that he literally gets like one, like, one sentence and about two seconds of screen time. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him more. Um, and Chewbacca getting his medal. Yeah. Final. And though there's something else though I noticed is they made a deal out of, out of snap dying, right? Yeah. The problem is when you see snap die, it's an X-wing that blows up and it implies that snap was flying an X-wing. But when you see him, getting ready to leave his helmet is on top of an a-wing and he moves like he's going to about to climb into the cockpit of an a-wing yeah i don't think he'd fit in an a-wing uh, you don't know i don't know um i mean having met greg in person twice i'm actually bigger than he is but <laughs> <laughs> not by much but a little bit but i so i'm confused as to if it was an editing error or a consistency error, or what the deal is with that? Because you know the wrong vehicle he was going into blew up. Right. So anyway, but other than that, it's all about Chewie getting the medal and uh, wedge, wedge. screen time again. Yeah. yeah, the only time I cried was at the very end of that movie, though. Movie though with uh, that whole the twin sons yes. and all that, that Tatooine. That's one of the ones that got me. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the only time I cried in the whole movie. It's yeah. like that whole last like five minutes is incredibly emotional. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, how about for you? Uh, a moment or two that that just you are looking forward to talking about. So to piggyback on the wedge comment, um, literally when that hat when he appeared, I went, "Oh my god, that's wedge!" and <laughs> and like didn't even realize like I had shouted it out loud. And it wasn't till watching it again today I didn't even think about it. I didn't realize he was the gunner on the Falcon. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it didn't, it didn't click because I was more worried about seeing him. Yeah. And then and today going, no way. Like now, if you think about that crew, like that's the coolest crew ever, you know, with, uh, you know, 
with Chewie and, and Wedge and and, uh, and and Lando and yeah, like that, that's now the coolest you know crew out there. Like that was that was great. Um, in terms of uh, other other great moments, uh, let's see what I have written down. The 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 Chewie metal scene that was that was a that was a hitch in the feels. I didn't I didn't tear up or well up at any point. During this movie, I think I shed enough tears for Endgame, for uh, Avengers Endgame, for for any movie for like the next two or three years. So I think <laughs> I'm pretty good that way. Um, I no, uh, uh, I think it was uh, in terms of cameos. I think it was it was the uh, the Wedge one was just the one that really just set me off. Yeah, it was in a good way. Yeah. Uh, just to, to talk about the ones that hit me very emotionally, um, I teared up not so much when Leia's funeral because, and I mean, that got me emotional just because it actually, that Carrie Fisher had actually passed away. So that was kind of like me attending her funeral in a sense. Um, but when, when I saw Chewie get emotional about that, that's what got, hit me hard because I was like, Damn, to because that's the reaction I wanted to see him have when Han died, and I know it was a different circumstance and everything else, but like to actually see that emotion f- from that character was just it, that hit me pretty hard. Um, the the moment I was talking about that had my fist pumping and had me going hell yeah and everything else. I know it was a t- direct steal from Avengers Endgame. I don't freaking care, but the whole on your left moment with Lando going, uh, you're not alone. Uh, I knew he was going to come in. I knew they were going to come and try to save the day and all that. I didn't care when it happened. I still got the chills. I still was like, hell yeah. Um, felt a little tear like, yes, the Calvary has arrived and everyone's coming. That's awesome. And like I said, I know that's a, like an on your left end game moment. I don't care. It was awesome. I loved it in end game. I loved it in this movie. Um, and then uh, exactly what you were saying, Grub, those last five minutes of her saying that she's Ray Skywalker and seeing Luke with with Leia on Tatooine, the twin sons, her standing there with BB-8, like the fact that it all came back full circle. I'm like this, you know, everyone talks about the MCU having, you know, a 10 year investment. I just fuck that. I had a 40 year investment in these movies <laughs> and to see it all come back to those twin sons and, uh, Ray standing there. And I love Ray as a character. Um, she is, she is my favorite character of the new movies. Um, BB eight being a very close second. Um, so to see both of them standing there, it just, yeah, that, that got me, uh, completely, um, emotional and, and choked up. So, Let's talk about one of the big cameos, uh, Han Solo. I did not expect that at all. No. That one I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I felt that one was coming because I, I feel like we had gotten all the latest scenes we were going to get and it just seemed to make sense to, to patch things up. Um, I think there was so much hate in the red that when we finally got Ben to to let a little love come back through there, it needed to be that that one shiny that you know uh, uh, would have been his father. Yeah. So I, that one, 
I don't know. I, I feel like that one was uh, not. Was, I didn't see it a mile away, but you're like, yeah, no, that that's that that's who it would have to be. I, I it wasn't gonna. It wasn't gonna be Luke. Yeah. I mean, you know that 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 relationship is, is beyond strain. So it had to be someone that that was willing to forgive him. Yeah, and I agree with you totally from a story element wise. I think it needed to be Han, and I wanted and and that was perfect because I think in order for the fans to accept Ben redeeming himself, uh, it had to come from the guy who he killed. Um, However, from the from the actual behind the scenes actor standpoint, I never thought Harrison Ford was going to be in another Star Wars movie ever. So that's why it did shock me, because I, from a story element, it probably wouldn't have surprised me if I was like, I never thought they were going to get Harrison Ford to be in the movie again. So that's why it did surprise me. Um, and then uh, going back to what you were talking about with the Leia stuff. Uh, there was a lot more Leia in this movie than I thought there would be. When I heard that they were using some other footage and everything else, I thought, okay, we're going to get one or two scenes with her, and that's pretty much going to be it. And for the amount that we got of her, I thought that was actually pretty incredible um, how much she actually really played into the, the story uh, that they that they created there. Watching Watching the Leia scenes, you could see that there was no interaction like face to face where Leia wasn't reaching out and making hand contact Ray or anyone like that. If there was any type of contact, it would be image of her hands handing the lightsaber back and forth. Or I believe when when Leia went to go lay down, it was her daughter that escorted her. It was her back to it. So you knew that those were, were were scenes or, or, or whatever was, was filmed ahead of time. That being said, that was just me being, you know, maybe too nerdy looking for that. Right. Knowing that she had passed away, like trying to figure out how they were going to pull it off. Yeah. They did a fantastic job making that work. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point. I think uh, going into it, uh, and I think it, it's a little bit of why it, it kind of worked for me, because I kind of put it out of my mind that, yeah, this actress passed away and she wasn't, this wasn't really footage for this movie and everything else. And just kind of viewed it from that perspective of like, if I didn't know that, would I be able to pick up on it? And I think someone watching it without knowing that, like if you go 20 years from now and just show this movie to somebody and and not tell them that she was actually not in this movie, I don't know if they would pick up on all those cues. Like you said, I think you do pick up on it knowing, having that knowledge and everything else, but... um, I really wonder if someone years from now, not knowing that she was dead before this movie and that this, those scenes were actually not filmed for this movie, if they would actually pick up on that or not. It's it's an interesting thing to think about um, from that perspective. So, my my expectation of what I was was prepared to see Leia was in the opening crawl. Princess Leia died. Like I was waiting yeah. that to be the first thing that you read. And then any interaction you see with her later is her as a force ghost, but she maybe gave up on the training, isn't as adept to it, but we would allow for, you know, sketchier special effects, her, you know, maybe being, you know, very static, like trying to come through hard to see or hear her and then would allow for it. But they filmed a decent amount or had enough on the, you know, on the edit edit room floor. Yeah. Like to cobble together this, and they did. Uh, like you said, in even 
10 years from now, yeah. when, you know, when my little guy gets old enough and wants to start watching this, he'll have no idea, you know, that she had passed before the movie had ended. Right, right. So uh, uh, it's a quality job on that. Yeah. What do you guys think about uh, Palpatine's return, how that was done and and how that played out? They left a lot up for debate, as I think to how it actually happened. I mean, in, in my head, could that have been a clone that got thrown down the the mine shaft by or the the shaft by by Vader in Jedi? I mean, as Palpatine just had a whole army of clones. I would like to think that the the actual grandfather of Rey as as a clone, maybe not necessarily Palpatine himself, but since they're all all clones, I mean, they're all the same. So, um, you know, it's the same genetic material. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe just overthinking it a bit much. Cause he's always been a guy that liked to operate behind the scenes and, you know, behind, you know, we may not have seen, uh, Palpatine or, or, or however you want to, you know, Darth Sidious, whatever you want to call him. You know, maybe he's worked so much behind the curtain that we've really never seen him. Maybe the all the movies we've seen of him before have just been clone versions. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. I wonder more if it's you know because the last time we saw him at the end of Return of the Jedi when he gets thrown over the the off the the bridge, you know, there's still plenty of time in theory that maybe he managed to slow the fall and some other followers of him picked him up and got him off the star, the death star before it blew up Yeah, because there was clearly enough time for Luke to be able to drag Vader from where they were all the way down into that shuttle. Yeah. So however, you know, 10, 15 minutes worth of time, um, you know, clearly he had some kind of contingency plans because that's the way he worked. But maybe, I don't know. Maybe he I, had Leia's, uh, maybe he had Leia's Mary Poppin-like powers and was able to pull herself, <laughs> pull himself to the vacuum of space and get out of the way of it. That is possible. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know. I, like, there's a, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, I feel like people kept harping on, like, same thing with, with Snoke. Where did Snoke come from? Where did Snoke come from? It's like, it doesn't really matter. No. You know, it, it's, uh, would I like to know how he survived? Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to know how he it's survived. It's fun to but theorize time, about it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to worry about it, um, you know, me personally, just because it's he survived, you know, if if Darth Maul can survive literally being cut in half and then falling down a pit, then why couldn't have, yeah. you know, you know, why couldn't the Emperor have survived? And, there, you know, there's just a lot of stuff, in my opinion, that it's, of course, I'm sure it'll be explained at some point in a comic or a book somewhere down the line, but, yeah. you know. He survived. That you know, yeah. <laughs> people don't. Same thing. I'll knows. tell you one of the things I really liked that they did uh, because we really haven't gotten it, this in any of the Star Wars movies. Uh, they definitely have gone a little bit this way in in some of the animated shows and everything else, uh, and for sure in the books and comics. Um, it had kind of a horror element to it. It had this creepy vibe to it. Uh, the whole Palpatine and his cult and everything else. Like it, I don't know. Like I said, it kind of it had just this creepy, uneasy vibe, and you had the vats of, with the snow clones in it and everything else. I was like, I liked seeing that element on a, in a Star Wars movie. 
because uh, like I said, I feel like we really haven't seen that before in a, in a film, at least. Um, and uh, I, I definitely felt like uh, <laughs> there was a, a picture that I had sent to some people that when we were talking about it, I said Palpatine in his contraption reminded me of Brainiac in an Action Comics cover that I had seen where it's like he's like attached to to stuff. So, um, but I, I liked it. Um, speaking of Palpatine, what what do you guys think about Ray being his granddaughter? I'm fine with it. I mean, I still. Ultimately, I think I, I said back in the beginning, like I wanted her to be a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I guess ultimately she decided to go that route. But right. you know, it's one of those things where kind of uh, the idea that she was, you know, everyone, you know, okay, like she could have been a Solo, she could have been a Skywalker. There was a lot of talk about being a, a Kenobi, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of talk about her being like a Palpatine of some kind or another. And it, it. You know, why couldn't have Palpatine had kids and grandkids? Right. You know, he, just because you didn't necessarily see his family doesn't mean it didn't exist. I mean, the guy was already like 50 years old or something before he became chancellor. So he would have, in that, you know, had a, some sort of life before that. So it's, it, it, to me, it made sense in the scheme of things in the long run. Um, but, you know, I, I also, I, I'm fine with it too. So. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you, Anthony? What, what were your thoughts on that? It's uh, it it's it is what it, it's fine. I mean, it 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 sure beats being uh, parents of nobody. You know, from from the last one where uh, Kylo was telling her she came from nothing, she was nothing, her her parents were nothing. It kind of kind of corrects that. Uh, I felt like they were trying to go with something in the. The Force Awakens, and you know, now we got the actual answer. There's, there's a reason why um, she can do what she can do. Um, all things considered, at the end of the movie, you know, she, even though she's a, you know, Palpatine, she was able to determine who she wants to be. Like, you know, family isn't isn't necessarily always biological. It's, you know, it's, yeah. it's you know. Just because that was her father doesn't mean it was her dad. So right. she, you know, picked, you know, the, the family surname that fit her, the fit her best. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with, with, with that reveal. That wasn't, uh, it wasn't a deal breaker by any means. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I, uh, I was fine with her being a nobody, uh, when they did that, uh, just cause I liked the idea of like, it, it delivering the message that anyone can save the universe or galaxy or whatever. Um, but, but there were things that were set up early on that, you know, she was probably somebody connected to somebody somehow. Um, uh, I don't know if they had this planned all along for her to be a Palpatine. I, I kind of feel like maybe that was in the thoughts initially. Um, there's a lot of people calling bullshit on that. I don't think it's necessarily bullshit. I, I, I think it's a situation where what JJ had in his mind was, was, was being set up in that direction. Um, but I, but then, uh, you know, like or dislike what Ryan did, I think Ryan changed a lot of stuff Yeah. with when he was let loose. And I do not think they may have had like a loose outline or ideas of where they were going to go with characters, but I don't think they ever had a a set 
of, you know, this character is going to be, is this, I don't think they had planned any of that out in advance and they decided to, one person's going to go and then Ryan is going to have his movie. And then originally Colin Trevorrow was supposed to be episode nine and they were going to have to kind of do their own thing and they were going to have to interplay with each other a bit. But I just, I don't think there was really a lot of thought, you know, and see, I I think there, I don't think there was a lot of thought, but I think something like this, I think, uh, me and again, it's just my opinion. I have nothing to back it up with, but I think something like this, they kind of had to have an idea of where of who at least who, who her lineage was going to be. At the end, I, I think you couldn't play that loose with it, um, with that part of it. Like that, I I do personally think that they knew she was going to be a Palpatine when they did the Force Awakens. Uh, and again, I have nothing to back that up other than I know they've said that, but um, people don't believe it. But I think at least certain things like that had to be in place ahead of time. How they got there, I don't think they had in place. But I think that at least who she was, that I think that element was there already. Um, and like you were saying, Anthony, the, you don't choose who you know who your family, or you get you can choose who your family is and stuff like that. Um, I like that element too, because I think a lot of people can relate to that. So I like that they put that in there and then she chose to be a Skywalker. So, um, I love that touch. I, I, hell, I love her gold lightsaber. Uh, I know some people were complaining about that. I was like, I don't really freaking care. I think it looks cool as hell. Um, I love that she used her, her staff hilt as the, uh, as the handle. I think that it would be awesome if it actually, turned into a dual lightsaber like Darth Maul's since she was using a staff. Uh, I think that'd be kind of cool, but uh, they don't really show that. But it was, yeah, I, I'm I'm good with her being a Palpatine and, and her turning against um, her grandfather and hearing all those Jedi voices, I think was amazing. So, um, yeah, I think they did a good job with that part. Um like I said, I think there are certain things I think that weren't done well. Um, I think the Knights of Ren were a waste of characters. They built them up to, they basically were the Boba Fett's for me, where it was like you build up these characters and then you really just, they just end up being cannon fodder really at the end of it. I'd rather them just giving us Captain Phasma again. Yeah. And just wasted that, you know, as opposed to ruining the Knights of Ren. Yeah, yeah. Um but like I said, overall, love the movie. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we're going to kind of wrap some things up. So, uh, here, uh, kind of call it a night. But, uh, last, uh, I do have some questions for you. Uh, but last thoughts for, for the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, well, Anthony, we'll start with you. Uh, it was, I love it. I mean, it, it, great ending to, uh, we now have, Three separate trilogies. Uh, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, it, did you ever think that you'd be able to go back and say there's nine Star Wars films, no. episodic films, and then you know all the the side stories that we're getting? Like, it's just it's it's amazing. And this this puts a nice bow on on the first nine. And looking forward to see what the next nine will bring. Nice. Grab how about for you? Um, I think it's a good cap uh, to end, as it were, the Skywalker saga, because I think I think for a good long time, the future of Star Wars live action is going to be the TV stuff. I know they've talked about doing other movies and things, but, you know, I, 
I think anything you're going to see related to the Skywalker saga is not going to be in movie form for yeah. a very long time. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a good end. Um, you know, I would like to see more with Poe and Finn and, and Ray, but you know, at this point I'm reserved to the fact that, um, I don't know what's next. I don't know where anything goes anymore. It's like, I, I wonder, I don't, I think I was talking to you, Ryan, about now that, is this what it felt like in 1983 after yeah. Return of the Jedi? Yeah. For people, cause I was really young, so I don't next, really, yeah, re- yeah I, it's, you know, I know we're going to get more Star Wars in the future, but it's not going to be with these characters likely, so I don't know, uh, where does anything go from here? <laughs> yeah, and that's the big thing too, like we know where the TV series stuff is going right now, but yeah, I don't know what the next movie is. They've, they've thrown yeah. everything but the kitchen sink out there as a possibility, but, uh, and if you follow the we got it, we got it covered, uh, website, they, they literally throw everything out there and hope something yeah. sticks. I yeah. hate Don't them. trust those guys for no, shit. No, they're... no. We talked about them on Pop Culture Leftovers. They, yeah, they're, yeah, um, they're horrible. Um, but yeah, we, we just don't know. And there hasn't been any announcements. And I assume we're probably not going to get an announcement as to what the next movie is until maybe the next celebration. Uh, Which so, is in August. Yeah. So, so it's going to be some time before we hear what the next movie plan even is. So... Um, I'll be shocked if we hear anything before then. Um, maybe at San Diego Comic Con, but I know they've been saving a lot of the Star Wars announcements for celebrations. So, um, I loved it. Uh, like you guys said, it, it, for me, it was a nice cap. Uh, at the end, uh, like I mentioned, it, I got emotional at the end because how many years I've invested into these movies. Um, and I've, I've loved the journey. Uh, that's the thing. At the end of the day, it's entertainment. Uh, and it's entertainment that I enjoy. Nothing comes close to Star Wars for me. As much as I love 80s properties and as much as I love comic books and, and movie, all kinds of movies and everything else, nothing, uh, hits like Star Wars does for me. So, um, it, there's not even a competition there. It's the first movie I saw with my dad in the theater, uh, and saw the next two with him and then, uh, was there opening day for every single movie after the original trilogy. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, all I can say about it. Um, alright, so let's do some, uh, some, uh, firing range really quick. Uh, so what we'll do is I'll ask the question, and then, since neither one of you really had an opportunity to do this before, uh, Anthony, you'll answer first, and Grub, you'll answer ne- next. Uh, a lot of this or the, this or that, or favorite type questions, uh, and answer them any way you wish to. Uh, so. So I've for, been waiting ten years <laughs> for to be on the fire on 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 this segment. Like, well, this I, did, is awesome. I did not want to disappoint you. So, <laughs> uh, so the first question that we always we always ask, and it's probably a stupid one for me to even ask the two of you, but we'll ask it anyways: is Star Wars or Star Trek? Wars, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> like I like Star Trek. I'm not anti-Star sure, Trek. Sure, I get that. You know, it's always going to be Star Wars. With yeah, me. I, I'd rather go to battle than. Go on a trek. <laughs> there you go. Uh, when it comes to muffins, chocolate chip or blueberry? Chocolate, chocolate. chip. Okay. Always chocolate. I'm a chocoholic. Okay. Uh, for uh, G.I. Joe, Joe or Cobra? G.I. Joe. Joe. Okay. Uh, and I had to throw this one in there, Grub, just because you brought it up before the episode started. Uh, Scarlet or Lady J? Cover girl. <laughs> hey, it's Lady J. 
Nice. Like I, it's, for some reason, like both Lady J and Scarlet have always annoyed me as characters, and I don't know why. Um, maybe just because they were the ones that were always like the token women for everything, but I don't know. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, there are no wrong answers with this, so uh, cake or pie? Pie. Um, probably cake. Okay, but. It really would depend upon what the flavors are. Okay. <laughs> it's, pi- it, it's pie and it's pumpkin. Nice. Oh, if it's pie, it's got to be lemon meringue. Yeah. Pie for me would be but, pumpkin also, so that's my number two <laughs> dessert of all time. But so. cake is more likely to be chocolate. Nice. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Autobot or Decepticon? Autobot. Autobot. Okay. When it comes to Masters of the Universe, the Masters or the Evil Horde? Masters. Uh, are you talking like, I, I don't really like He-Man that much. <laughs> um, now you're talking the Horde, you're talking like Hordak Horde or just like Skeletor bad guys? I'm talking bad guys. Yeah. Good guys uh, or prob- bad guys, basically. Probably He-Man because Men-at-Arms was like the guy I really liked. Gotcha. Uh, this one could be interesting. Favorite Star Wars trooper type? Uh, Clone Commander. Nice. I would... I would say Biker Scout yeah. slash Endor Fleet or Endor Rebel Trooper, the Commandos. Nice, nice. Yeah, when you said Captain Rex, I was like, I, I kind of knew where you were going to go with this one, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's an obvious choice. And then uh, I have to ask this one: Is Chewbacca a sidekick? He is, but he shouldn't be. Because <laughs> he's treated like a sidekick throughout all the movies. Therefore. He really should. He really should be Han's equal, but unfortunately, he's not treated that way. He never gets a promotion on the Falcon. He's still the co-pilot, so yep. he's, he's he's a sidekick. Okay. And then uh, we were talking some comics before uh, starting the episode. So, favorite comic book story or or run of all time? Mm. I have. I have. Over arc, over or the the arc would be uh, Simonson's run on Thor, yes. and my favorite storyline is kind of a weird one. It's actually um, Fallen Son, the death of Captain America, where they kind of oh. do the five stages of grief. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of strange, but whenever there's some sort of a death in the family or or someone, you know, yeah. I, I tend to break that book out. I have it in a hardcover nice. and. Uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, that's, that's just one that kind of, in terms of recent years, yeah. I say recent, but God, it's been, it's been like 10 years now. Yeah, but still, um, yeah. I, I enjoy that one. I'm, I, and I, it's the art, it's the story, it's, it's how everyone copes and deals with the, with the loss of someone. Cool. I mean, not cool, I, but it's, it's a good, I, that's I, a good I, one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm kind of torn. I'm trying to think of the ones that made the most impression on me and it would either be, uh, the Marvel Joe special missions, uh, line or the, the original tales of the Jedi dark horse series. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, because I don't really read a lot of comics outside of, outside of a couple of lines. So yeah, yeah. No, that's, those are good. Um, all right. So that, that was the 10 questions. Uh, so, uh, Anthony, I don't know if you have anything you want to promote or, or mention, or if you want to let people know where they can find you at or anything like that, but 
Have at it. So, uh, yeah, on on social media for Facebook, I'm, I'm just Anthony Hausiel. I'm a part of a multitude of groups. I'm sure if you look hard enough, you can find me. Um, but on Instagram, I, I go by the the Toy Forge. I post a lot of my custom toy work that I do, dioramas or uh, as of late, a lot of my 3D prints that I've been throwing together, the trials and tribulations of trying to uh, figure it out. Uh, so, yeah, so on the Toy Forge and Instagram and uh, Anthony Housesale everywhere else. Nice. And, uh, Grub, where can people find you at? Um, pretty much Facebook floating around there, and that's really about it anymore. Okay. So. All right. Uh, well, you can find Star Joe's at StarJoe's.com. Uh, we got a Facebook page, fan page, uh, on Facebook. We've got a group page. Uh, if you request to be part of the group, I'll approve it as soon as I see it. Um, got Patreon, which I wanted to mention that real quick is, uh, so I, I do at least, I try to do at least one episode every single month. Uh, and so far I've still, I've done a pretty good job of that. Um, if I, if I don't do an episode that month, then the next month you get like a five, four or five hour episode. So, um, but, uh, the other thing that I'm doing, uh, this year, and it won't be on a regular schedule, it'll just be when I, when I'm able to do this is I am spending this year, I have a large collection of comics and toys and collectibles and everything else. And it is just junking up my guest room and my basement and stuff like that. So my goal this year is to really display my stuff. Um, and then get rid of everything else. So basically if it does, if it can't be put on display, um, and have easy access to it, then it's getting sold and, and just really want to clean up and make everything look really impressive, hanging up original art, uh, putting stuff in the DTOF cabinets, all that type of stuff. Um, so I'm taking Patreon members on that journey with me. Uh, so I did one 20 minute video already that I video toured my guest room that I'm recording in right now and kind of showed you how it's kind of been built up in here. Uh, the next one will be my basement and showing how built up that got because that's far, far worse than my guest room. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow me for that journey, I'm sure a lot of people are out on the same journey or don't are thinking about doing something like that or have already gone through it and know what the pain is I'm going to be going through. Um, yeah, you can join Patreon. Not only will you get the extra Star Joe's episodes, but you will get to get these extra videos of, uh, seeing stuff that's in my collection and seeing me kind of organizing things. And, uh, I'm going to do it hopefully in a way that's entertaining and, uh, enjoyable for everyone. Uh, but like I said, the first one's already out there for, it's a 20 minute tour of the guest room here. Uh, and talking about stuff that's in my collection. And, uh, yeah, so it's $3 a month will get you access to all that extra content. And, uh, you can do more if you want, but minimum of $3 will get you access to all that. Wanted to mention, uh, the Patreon members that are at the sponsorship level. Uh, we got Jason Pravat, who has his pop culture of, uh, NC, pop culture of North Carolina. He occasionally has been posting stuff on the Star Joe's group page to kind of show stuff from his his page, his geekdom. Uh, and that's a big thing, too, I want to mention is that in the group page, feel free to post stuff if you think people will enjoy it. I don't care if it's related to the show or not. If it's if it's geeky related stuff that you or geeky stuff that you think people will just enjoy, feel free to post it in the group page. That's what it's there for. So um, but he has this pop culture of NC. 
It's always fun to see uh, what he posts up there. Uh, we have Jonathan Morgantini with his Just Roll With It podcast, and you can find uh, his episodes and stuff like that. Uh, probably the best way is through his Twitter feed, which is at Just Roll, or it should be at Just underscore Roll, R-O-L-E. Um, and that's how you can find it. He had an episode that just came out on January 7th, uh, which was episode five, The Red Horse of Candor. So if you don't know, Just Roll With It is a... D&D podcast that takes place in the Middle Earth world. So um, so that's something to check out. And then Will Bell has his um, Dudes in Toyland, which I did appear on. The episode's not out yet. Uh, recorded it a while ago. Um, and I know I sent them the file because I, uh, I was able to record it for them and uh, sent them the file. So hopefully that episode will come out soon. But it was a lot of fun hanging out with them and, and recording that. Um, I also did appear on Pop Culture Leftovers. I know I mentioned them a couple times this episode. Uh, I was on with them for episode 314, and I was on with them for about three hours of the four-and-a-half-hour episode that that is. Um, and that is a hilarious episode to listen to. I, I've listened to the whole thing now. Um, and then I was supposed to appear on uh, My One Black Friend and My One White Friend. However, things happened for me that were unexpected, and I wasn't able to appear on there. Um, but they went through the entire Star Wars saga, so uh, definitely worth checking them out. Um, other than that, uh, I think that's everything. So uh, appreciate you guys joining me for this episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun being able to talk some Star Wars. And uh, oh, I did want to mention how you how other listeners can join in uh, and get get on an episode with us. Just email starjoespodcast at gmail.com and let me know that you want to be on one of the episodes sometime in the year 2020 uh, and what property or topic you'd like to, to be on the episode for. So if, if you want to be on one of the cartoon episodes or you just want to be on a G.I. Joe episode or a Transformers episode or a Star Wars one or a movie one or something, like keep it kind of general uh, and then I'll reach out to you to say, hey, we're looking to do this particular episode that fits in with what you wanted to, to be part of. Does that work for you? If it doesn't, then, hey, we'll, we'll work you on to the next time we do something that you are interested in. Uh, if it does, then we'll work out a time and a date that works for everybody. So um, you might be on an episode with just me. You might be on an episode with me and Chuck. You might be on an episode with John and me, I, you know, or Grub and me. You know, don't know Robert should be on sometime this year as well. So, um, so yeah, that's all you have to do is just email starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Let me know, um, a general idea of stuff you want to cover. If it's like, Hey, I would like to cover some of the retro comics with you or, or whatever. Like I said, kind of give me a general idea of like properties that you like. If you're like, Hey, I like all the stuff that you guys do and I can be on any of the episodes that you guys have done so far in the past then you can say that too. And, uh, we'll, I'll reach out to you and say, Hey, here's what we're going to cover. And, uh, you can join us for that episode. And like I said, we'll work out time and everything else. So that's, that's how you get on this year. I don't know when we'll have you on. So hopefully you can be somewhat flexible. Uh, but I will always try to let you know at least a, a few days in advance, uh, like, Hey, we're looking to record at this day and time. Uh, does that work for you? And if it doesn't, but maybe another day does work for you, let me know that too. So, um, so I think that's everything. Uh, so with that, we will go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle.
Take care, everyone.